Alrighty, guys. Now's the moment of truth. We're here to uh, talk about our own personal list for ranking every movie that we've watched this year. Uh, I think there will be some variation in the list because I don't think everybody saw every movie. So I don't know if there's like 28 movies or there's 30 movies or exactly how many there are. Um, I've got 28 on my list, but we're going to go with Gideon first. So Gideon is going to post his list in the general, um, which is, I don't think, currently in there. I'm not seeing it. Um, uh, I think it should be showing up now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. And uh, so, to Gideon, go ahead and read it either top to bottom or bottom to top, and um, comment on anything along the way, whatever, whatever kind of jumps out at you. And then uh, we'll kind of talk about your selections uh, and kind of grill you on it after you're done. So, yeah, let her rip, man. All right. Uh, so, I'm gonna go from bottom to top. Um, the, I think the only one I didn't see was The Mist. Um, I still haven't seen that movie. Um, definitely want to check it out sometime. Um, so it, it's going to be, I guess, the 28 films that I watched and reviewed with you guys. So the, uh, worst movie for me, and I'm mainly going off of my own personal experience and feeling, uh, is History Boys at an F for me. Um, I'm sorry, Alex. And there, it's not to say there's things. It's not to say I totally hate this movie and despise it. There are things I do like about it. Even thinking back on it, um, certain characters and moments I didn't totally hate. Um, I really did like some of the scenery and stuff like that. But the entire movie, the the well was poisoned with the weird pedophilia thing. I could not get over it and. It just ruined my experience. Uh, right next to it, Death to Smoochie, another F. Uh, not much to say, just weird as fuck and bad, which is weird because it had Edward Norton and Robin Williams in it. I don't know what the fuck happened. Uh, D, Midnight in Paris for number 26. I hated like all the characters in this movie. Uh, Woody Allen gives me extreme ick, and his ick comes through prominently through Owen Wilson's character. Um, the only redeeming thing for this, for me, was how beautiful the city was and everything it looked like there. Um, and then number 25, a D for Minority Report. Uh, Tom Cruise is just goofy and weird in this. This did not age well. It's an okay sci-fi movie, just not my favorite. Uh, then number 24, Return to Zombie Island. From 2019, uh, it just did not do nearly as good as the original uh, Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island for me. I just there was some moments I liked. I think I remember seeing the Mystery Machine as a monster truck like ramping over something. Probably the best thing about that movie. And then after that, number 23, Seven Psychopaths from 2012. I gave it a C. I just didn't really land for me. Could have been a time and place thing. Not really sure. Just didn't hit as hard as I had hoped. And then right after that, number 22 in Bruges from 2008. I gave that a B. I did like it a bit more than Seven Psychopaths, uh, but didn't fully hit. Uh, I will say uh, a lot of my list I did rank very highly. I, I feel like I was maybe too generous to some movies. Um, but, yeah, the, the, fact that, the fact that both these movies come after Kung Pao. <laughs> I'm basing this entirely off my own personal enjoyment, but go ahead. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, Gideon gets his uninterrupted uh, reading of the list, and then we. Go oh, I thought, I thought I thought we were allowed to react as this goes. Oh, he he can he can interject. That that's okay. okay. I'm, I'm sorry, I misunderstood you. No, that's okay. Um, and then. Uh, after that, so number 21, Blair Witch from 1999, I give a B. Um, I do like this movie quite a bit, but it does feel a bit one note. I've only seen it twice now, um, and it, it it does feel like a one-trick pony kind of movie. Uh, number 20, another B for Blue Velvet, my first ever David Lynch movie. Weird as fuck. Um, parts of this are burned into my brain. Just very bizarre and strange. I will never forget the chicken dance. I think that was still really funny. Um, I'm happy I watched it, but man, what a trip. Um, 
Vampire's Kiss from 1988. Number 19, I gave it an A for some reason. This is definitely not that good of a movie, but I just love Nicolas Cage so much, I gave it the A. Uh, right above that, another Nicolas Cage adaptation from 2002 uh, in the 18th spot. Um, strange, weird, was it Kaufman, right? Uh, just totally weird. Um, but I did like the twist and turns and Nicolas Cage's performance, which is so awesome for me. Uh, right above that, in the 17th spot, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dra- Dragon. Uh, I did like this movie for the action, the setting, the acting. Um, it does drag a bit or just feel a bit slow at times, but overall I had a really good time. 16, Wicker Man from 1973. Total classic movie, 50 years old. At this point, one of the coolest endings for a horror movie, especially from that era. I really, really dig that movie. Still weird and bizarre, but had a lot of fun. Uh, In the 15th spot, an A for House. I think this is the second time I've seen it. Um, I think I'll like this movie more and more as I watch it. I really did like the music, how inventive the kills are, and just how fantastically nightmarish this movie is. Um, After that, uh, in the 14th spot, Total Recall from 1990. Another A, just a really fun, bombastic sci-fi action movie by Paul uh, Verhoeven. And then another Paul Verhoeven right after that. 13th spot, Starship Troopers from 1997. Just a ton of fun for me. I think that was my second time watching it again. And then 12, Scooby-Doo, which is Ghost. Really, really like this movie. Uh, Can't wait to revisit this. Big fan of the animation, the story, the setting, everything. Had a lot of fun with that. And just paired alongside it, Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island from 1998. Uh, Obviously a great double feature for both those. Both get an A. And then in the 10th spot, the original Blade Runner from 1982. Uh, I do like this movie more and more every time I watch it. Uh, I still don't think I like it as much as the sequel, but I'm sure it will grow and grow, um, or my love for it will grow as I watch it over the years. And then cracking the top tens, number nine, Kung Pao, Enter the Fist. This movie lives rent-free in my head. Uh, So many quotes just live and bounce around in my head. Uh, There's definitely some extreme bias going on for this. It's just always been basically a comfort movie for me. Um, after that, in the eighth spot, Leaving Las Vegas from 1995, I gave it an S. I think this is a bit high of a rating for it. I do really like this movie. I like how raw and real it felt um, into this look of downtrodden people's lives and everything. Um, and Nicolas Cage was just fantastic, along with his co-star. I forget her name right now, but... Uh, number seven, Eraserhead, 1977. As gross and weird as this fucking movie is, I really did enjoy all the artful things, and it's one of the most beautiful black and white movies I've seen. I really, really liked it. Excited to get that on Criterion someday. Uh, hopefully they put it on 4K. And then uh, I gave that an S. And then The Witch from 2015. That makes my number six spot. Also an S. I think this is a fantastic horror movie. Uh, I can recommend it to anybody. I think it just... I don't think it feels slow, like Sam had mentioned. I don't think it's slow at all. I think it's just really awesome period piece horror. And then in my top five, we have Jurassic Park from 1993. Another S. I mean, what can you say? It's just awesome. Dinosaurs, everything like this. I loved it. Loved revisiting it. Number four, Raising Arizona, 1987. Um, Definitely quickly becoming one of my favorite feel-good movies, maybe of all time. Always a good time, always a good pick-me-up. Nicolas Cage, maybe one of his my favorite performances. Uh, One of my favorite Coen brothers, for sure. Um, Just really, really fun movie. And number three, the original Willy Wonka Chocolate Factory from 1971. Another obvious S, uh, Gene Wilder isn't crazy in this. I I've adored this movie since I was a kid. I was really happy to revisit it, and I can't wait to watch it again. And then my number two, 
Blade Runner 2049 from 2017. Another S. I just adore this movie. I love revisiting it. I love Ryan Gosling in it. This feels like Blade Runner perfected to me uh, without the awkwardness of the original Blade Runner, which I, I feel like can get a bit clunky at times. I feel like this one is just a lot more sleek and stylish overall. And then, almost shockingly so, my number one is Chinatown from 1974. As much ick as Roman Polanski gives me for being a horrible person and child rapist, uh, this movie is a fantastic Jack Nicholson movie, and it has a really interesting story. It's basically L.A. Noir the movie. It was super uh, riveting from start to fi- finish with a awesome ending and... I can't wait to revisit this one. So that is my list. Feel free to tear into me, say whatever you want. Um, <laughs> I definitely ranked a lot of these higher than I probably should have. And um, I, every time I look at this list, I would probably change numerous letter rankings and spot rankings. But Gideon, I'm... we have to talk. Go for it. <laughs> um, it doesn't upset me that you put History Boys bottom of your list. I appreciate your objections. I think the most absurd thing about this list to me is that Kung Pao is higher than Starship Troopers, House, Wicker Man, Blue Velvet, um, and In Bruges. And you have to explain why Kung Pao is better I, than those films. I, I wasn't going to like comment on too much of this list, but I agree. And, and I don't agree with like some of those that, that Princeton just said, but uh, Kung Pao. And the both Scooby-Doo movies being above Wicker Man is a fucking crime. <laughs> See, the when I was making the list and I was thinking about it, it's like, what would I want to re-watch more often? And those Scooby-Doo movies, I'm a huge animation fan. Uh, I really, re- and those are both first-time watches for me. So I have no nostalgia for either of them. Um and I just really had a great time. And I would definitely rewatch both of those um, more often than I would Wicker Man. Is Wicker Man objectively a better film? Absolutely, than both of those. And uh, Blue Velvet, for me, no. Um, what was some of the other ones you had mentioned, guys? Um, in comparison? You know, this I don't want to give my list away too much, but I think, like... Kung Pao isn't a real film, and you listed it above yeah. several real films. Yeah, and I I agree a hundred percent. I mean, Kung Pao for me is, it's just it's it's almost like a silly, stupid YouTube video that I just can't stop showing my friends because it keeps making me laugh. But it's 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 definitely not for everybody. It's definitely there's plenty of it that could be cut cut out. I even think that whole fight scene with the cow is like extremely dated and bad. And I almost skip it when I watch it now. Um, But it just makes me feel good. And I I just think it's hilarious. And I just love uh, it's, I just love throwing it on when I'm just like hanging out with some people and stuff. Um, Feel free. If you got anything else, I'm I'm impressed that Chinatown, I'm impressed that Chinatown was your favorite, man. I'm glad that I got to throw. It makes me happy when I put a movie into the podcast. Uh, suggestion pool and it ends up as somebody's favorite that's 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 good um i also want to say i really appreciate the opportunity to experience a lot of these movies for the first time getting to know you guys and just talk movies has been definitely a highlight of my year last year was a very difficult year for me and this was a highlight for me i had a lot of fun doing this i can't wait to do the next year's list together um, and, and experience new movies and have more discussions and everything. Um, and I, I appreciate you guys checking out some of the movies that I've liked, like Kung Pao and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's all I really have to say right now. Unless you guys have anything else, feel free. I'll just throw in a golf clap. Thank you. Here. Yep. Okay, um, I'm going to go next on here. And then I think we'll go uh, Neil and then Princeton, if that's okay with you guys. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and throw my list in the thing. All you're getting is a JPEG. Sorry of my, uh, my iPhone notes. Okay. So everybody digest that for just a second. Then we pull it up on my screen and I'll, uh, I'll go uh, top to bottom, just like, uh, or, uh, rather bottom to top, just like Gideon did. 
Um, and I guess to, to preface part of my list, I, I think something that was very instrumental for me was like, how much do I personally um, relate, not maybe not relate to the movie, but how much do I love it on a personal level is very important to me. And something else that I, I very strongly weigh is expectation versus what is delivered. Like, I don't have the same expectations for watching a Scooby-Doo movie as I do watching, like, a really high-budget Steven Spielberg movie. So if the latter movie disappoints, even if it is objectively a better movie than, like, a made-for-TV Scooby-Doo movie, I'm more disappointed by the Steven Spielberg movie, if that kind of makes any sense. So um, I'll kind of start at the bottom. Uh, death Smoochie, we've we've talked shit on this movie to death, um, so I don't really need to expound on that. Just kind of a weird um, kind of nightmare fuel um, movie. Um, with, with, I, I agree with Alex Princeton that Edward Norton's performance is actually like kind of compelling and he's like kind of a sweet character that you you kind of like root for and it has its funny moments like edward norton being in front of the neo-nazi rally but is ultimately <laughs> ultimately it's like who is this movie for and it's just it's just weird and bad um history boys i wasn't like icked out by the pedophilia i just didn't like i mean i don't say i wasn't icked out by the <laughs> by the pedophilia either it's just uh, i don't know it, it it just was such a weird movie that again it was like who is this for and like it's like Dead Poet Society, but worse and with European people who I generally don't like. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Return to Zombie Island was a disappointing uh, movie, especially after the first one. But I felt um, was, you know, basically like a quality in terms of like um, it was probably on par with like an episode of like modern Scooby-Doo, which is to say like probably kind of bad, but it's like a the the worst thing you can say about Return to Zombie Island is that it is marketed to people our age, and then when we show up to the movie theater, or not to the movie theater, but when we show up to actually watch it in droves, it doesn't capitalize on the promise of being a like a real sequel to Zombie Island, and so it it kind of fails the people that it's trying to attract. So I I really hit it negatively, um, kind of from from that perspective. Um, Twenty five would even be Minority Report, which I don't think was a horrible movie, but was very soft with an excellent premise and a great director and Tom Cruise is a, is a good actor. I just thought the script of this movie and that they, they clearly focus tested this movie to death and they gave it the the worst Hollywood ending. Yeah. That the, the movie was just fucking lame and didn't have any teeth and was just soft and shitty. And I, I didn't like it. Um, which is ghost is totally fine. Um, I would say on the kind of the same quality level as Scooby-Doo on zombie Island. Um, but a little, you know, it's like, again, it's a little softer, so I just kind of rated it lower. Didn't, uh, number 23 was The Mist. Didn't really care for this movie a whole lot. Like, it was, it was, it was okay. I'd like watch it with friends. It wasn't offensive or anything like that. Just like, I thought the ending sucked and I thought a lot of the special effects were kind of like cheap looking. And there was, there were things in that story, in that universe that I was really interested in seeing that they didn't expound upon more. Like I wanted to know what was going on in that government laboratory that like the military guys kind of talked about that. Like it would have been cool if we would have like went into that a little bit more. And I understand the story isn't really about that. It's more about like the paranoia of like what's happening in this um, grocery store. So I get that, but I don't know that movie really isn't for me. Zombie Island. I kind of already talked about that. Um, you know, a lot of teeth, a lot of, um, a lot of balls for a kid's movie from that era. Really enjoyed it. Um, Blair Witch kind of at the bottom, near the bottom of the list, just because I was frankly disappointed with like the legendary rep reputation that Blair Witch has. And then you go back and you watch it and it, it didn't really hold up. And I, I think like many movies on my list that I'll talk about, I think I might've missed the opportunity to have enjoyed it to its fullest because I didn't see it when it came out. So I think it's somewhat a victim of that, but I didn't think it was that strong. Vampire's Kiss is number 19. I think the script of this movie is irredeemable garbage. Like, I think the script of this movie is totally awful, but Nick Cage's performance is bonkers, and I love watching an actor just swing for the fences and take huge swings, and boy, does he fucking swing in this movie. I mean, if you want to see Nick Cage swing for the fences, this is absolutely a, a treat to watch, I, I think. Um, 
18 is House. I know the fact that House is touching the Vampire's Kiss on the list is absolutely like Neil is red in the face and there's smoke coming out of his ears right now. Um, I, I have to say, remember that I, I, I enjoy Vampire's Kiss and I also like House um, quite a lot. But I don't know. Like I, I enjoyed it kind of as a like as a novelty movie, but I didn't enjoy it on the level that a couple of you other guys uh, really enjoyed. I was almost a little disappointed just in terms of like the fanfare that had been built up from like seeing the cover and seeing it talked about in kind of Criterion circles, and then I was like so excited to watch it, and then I got it, and it wasn't as bonkers and crazy and. That, that as I thought it was going to be, or like as disturbing as I thought it was going to be. So I think, unfortunately, House was kind of a victim of having my expectations a little not too high, but they were different from what was delivered. And I think um, because of that, my my watching of House kind of um, was hurt by that. Sorry, I'll speed things up. Um, Seven Psychopaths uh, was was good. I I enjoyed it. But it was all over the place. I felt I felt it was a little too long, um, especially that that last half of that movie is. It feels like it's all out in the desert, and it, I mean they make reference to that in the movie. They say like, "What are we, a French movie? We're just going to sit around talking in the desert the whole time." But um, I, I felt that that movie like suffered from Marty McDonough uh, Marty McDonough syndrome, which is like kind of a little confusing and a little all over the place. And I'm not like quite sure where we're going and i think we're losing the plot of like what makes this a compelling minute to minute movie and i just want to like see the plot kind of unfold more uh, although christopher walken is awesome in that movie and the, the cast is really good and there's a lot of great performances um leaving las vegas there's a lot about this movie that i that there's a lot to love nick cage and elizabeth shue are masterful um oscar worthy and oscar winning performances in this movie um but it, it's one that's like really hard for me to love because I have no relationship to alcohol and I have no relationship to it like in my family at all. So it just it doesn't hit on that personal level that I feel like the the people in the show who like really like that movie were were more into that. Um, right up there, adaptation. I, I like aspects of this movie. Nick Cage's performance is excellent, um, but I felt like it got up its own ass a lot in terms of like trying to convince you how smart and how well written it was. Um, was a little overly long, but um, I in my review that I wrote on Letterbox, I compared it to like a freaky jazz prog rock guitar player. It's like crazy, technically impressive that this movie works and it even exists. But um, you know, it kind of lost me personally. Like it, I find myself jumping out of the four corners of the screen a lot and being like, "Where are we going with this? You know, how much time do we have left in the movie?" Um, Crouching Tiger was 14 is crouching tiger um really really great fight scenes i would say a little bit long and there are some um i think there are some things about the movie that are a little lost on modern audiences or modern american audiences because this was a, a, a chinese made movie and those those themes were more thematically relevant to china around the turn of the millennium um, so I, I I felt like the power of this movie was a little bit lost on a on a new watcher, kind of like um oh I gotta turn my do not disturb on Xander is blowing up my text messaging right now. Um kind of like um Blair Witch in that way. Like I felt like I missed out on the zeitgeist of this movie, and so I kind of missed out on what made it really special. Um The Witch excellent horror movie slow burn i somebody said that i said it was slow i do think it is slow but i i don't mean that in a bad way i think it's a slow burn horror movie with like zero jump scares and i i, I just think it's so excellent um number 12 is in bruges definitely the better of the two martin mcdonough movies uh that we've watched and i i think this is such a great bro watch together kind of movie i i just i love it in that aspect um it's hard it's hard to beat it um 11 starship troopers i love paul verhoven and his crazy violent crazy over-the-top um, parodies of um like american mi militarism and and all the stuff in robocop i just think he's such a brilliant director um you know if i was a director i would want to make movies kind of like paul verhoeven um number 10 is kung pao um i've never laughed as much in a comedy as i've laughed as i laughed in kung pao like i've it's like that and borat are my two favorite comedies and fun kung pao is like 
I'll go back still and just pull up individual scenes on YouTube and just laugh my ass off at that shit. There, there are, there's entire scenes in this movie that are like fucking horrible. Like the cow fight scene sucks. And the scene where they're just beating the shit out of his like dead lifeless body with those long sticks sucks. It goes on for way too long. There's a lot of shit that doesn't make sense. Um, and, and totally sucks, but God, I, I laughed my ass off. Like my guts hurt after laughing so hard at this movie. Um, now this is really gonna pain you guys that China again, Chinatown is right next to is touching Kung Pao on the list. But I, I fucking loved Chinatown. I thought this movie was great. Um, Jack Nicholson, I feel like we don't appreciate him as an actor maybe as much as we should. I mean, he just fucking kills it in this movie. It's beautiful to look at. It keeps you guessing the entire time, like a good noir movie does. Um, really appealing setting. It's like, God, I want to live in LA in that time in history where it's like everything was brand spanking new. And there was this, like, a, I know it's a dark movie, but there's this, like, deep sense of American optimism in that movie. It's just some stuff. Um, Blade Runner 2049. I like this movie. I, obviously, you know, according to my list, I don't like it as much as the original. Um, my whole, like, response to Gideon on this would be, like, Blade Runner 2049 is a more even movie, but does not have the highs and lows of the um, of the original. So, take take on that what you will. Jurassic Park, I think this is the... Uh, number seven is Jurassic Park. I think it is the perfect summer action blockbuster movie. I, I really don't think you can do much better than, like, a fun go-to-the-theater summer movie than Jurassic Park. Um, that scene at the end where the banner comes down and the T-Rex roars and it says when dinosaurs ruled the Earth, it's like... Steven Spielberg should never had had to have worked another day in his life after that that scene. Um, also, uh, I would say a dark horse pick for the best John Williams score. Um, that that would be my pick at least. I think kind of underrated in that way. Wicker Man, probably my biggest positive surprise of the year. I thought Wicker Man was fucking brilliant. Um, de definitely like the biggest positive surprise of the year. Um, number five would be Raising Arizona. I think there is probably no. American set well director or in this case a set of directors that are more consistent than the Coen brothers and that have made more 10 out of 10 movies except maybe Martin Scorsese and Raising Arizona is right up there with their best with Fargo number four Midnight in Paris I know you guys don't like this movie to me this is Woody Allen at his absolute best where he's like he's when he's writing it, he's being a sap and he's being overly romantic and Oh, shit, my cat's in the way. My cat really doesn't like Woody Allen either. <laughs> um, he's being a sap and he's being overly romantic and he's oversimplifying things to the point where the movie is a farce and the characters are farcical. Like, you're not supposed to like these people in the real world. Like, it is an, it is an over-exaggeration of reality. And I, I know that and I acknowledge that. Nobody acts in the real world as bitchy as Inez is. Nobody is as horrible as her parents are. Nobody is as overly romantic as Owen Wilson is in this movie. And this, this movie didn't tell me anything I didn't know, but it is, I think a tribute and a love letter, not only to Paris, but to people who can get caught up in the romantic feelings uh, about cities and about time periods and, and things like that. And I don't know. I just think it's such a strong special movie and um, very, very funny. Um, beautifully shot the music rocks the the, the score rocks um yeah is it is it cheesy is it does it do the thing too often where you know like you're back in the past and um you know you you just keep stumbling into famous people over and over again yeah it's it's cheesy i acknowledge that um but i can't i cannot help that i love it so much and i do um number three would be eraser head um, similarly, just relate so strongly to this movie, and I I love the aesthetic. I love the sound design. Um, I love Henry. Uh, Jack Nance Henry is um, super funny, and you know you recognize little bits of yourself uh, in such a weird, twisted reality that is like our world, but is not like our world at the same time. Um, and from a special effects perspective and technical perspective, I think it's like almost unimpeachable. Um, number two would be Blade Runner. Um, I don't need to talk about this movie a whole lot more, but probably, in my opinion, the greatest special effects movie of the pre-Jurassic Park era. Um, a brilliant, 
unique vision of the future with a, a totally unmatched aesthetically. The soundtrack is one of the greatest soundtracks ever. There are bad performances in this movie, performances in this movie, but is there a better performance in this whole list than Rutger Hauer's Roy Batty? Uh, you know, that's that's hard to say. I mean, that's that's like one of the great performances of all time. Um, and then number one is Blue Velvet. Again, I, I, I think not only is this my favorite movie we watched this year, this is the best David Lynch movie, um, the best David Lynch project uh, I've seen. It is over the top and violent. And uh, Frank Booth is an excellent, excellent villain. Uh, like one, one of my favorite villains for sure. Um, and I don't know, I don't know what to say about this. It's just, it was one of those movies that the more I thought about it, it just stuck in my mind. And there was less images, not just the disturbing ones, but like the, the more positive ones that I couldn't get out of my mind. And um, yeah, it just affects me in a very personal way. And so uh, there's my list. I would love to um, have you guys yell and scream at me now. That's going to cost, uh, you know, my hourly fee. Mm -hmm. I, I don't find anything super objectionable about your list. We know you like Midnight in Paris. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would agree. Yeah, I don't, there's nothing that really offends me or anything about your list um i'm stoked that china or china pow fucking china uh god i can't talk kung pow cracked your top 10 mm -hmm. right next to chinatown as i was trying to say mm -hmm. uh, and i i totally get what you mean with saying about house um having these almost like lofty expectations uh that weren't totally met um i feel like i felt similarly when i watched that the first time but it, it definitely grew on me a lot more on the rewatch for me mm -hmm. which which movie was that you were talking about uh, house house okay yeah okay my, my only roast to sam's list is that his favorite movies were the ones he already liked <laughs> yeah 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 that's true the well well let's see well, I hadn't. I had. I don't think I'd seen. Maybe I had seen Blue Velvet before. Right. I don't I remember. I that. Okay. Sam Strajak likes David Lynch movie. Like. Yeah. He's at Eleven. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember if I had watched Blue Velvet before I did it on the podcast. I guess I don't remember. But Wick, not, Raising Arizona, Wicker Man were that. It was among the very first movies we watched. Um, now I don't remember, but yeah, I don't know. We'll try to branch out more next year. <laughs> Neil, uh, yell at me. Yeah, go ahead, Neil. Abuse uh, me. <laughs> uh, again, like, uh, uh, prostitution hasn't been legalized here yet, Sam, so uh, you know, we got to do this under the table. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I just don't get how you can get Midnight in Paris that high. Like, it, it's fine to like it. I, I, mm -hmm. I, I, I can understand why a certain sense of sen a certain set of sensibilities would enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And uh, like G Gideon talked a lot about like um, factor from uh, directors. I, I tried not to take that into account at all. Like I, I just wanted to like do the movie. So like, like as much shit as I talked about Woody Allen, I just right. Uh, yeah, I, I understand that. I just remember um, I was actually skeptical about it, too. Um, I, all I had ever heard was that, like, modern Woody Allen films were trash. And then Natalie showed me Midnight in Paris. She's like, you're really going to this movie. We, like, sat down and watched it. And I and we got done with it. And I was like, I was like, son of a bitch. That was, like, one of the best movies I've ever seen in my life. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Say more I, about Midnight in Paris when we get to my rankings. I'll save those. Thoughts. Okay. All right. Uh, uh, so, yeah, without further ado, uh, Neil, if you would like to uh, tell your list, man, now's, now's your opportunity. All right, here it is. So, for me, um, the worst movie we watched this year was Return to Zombie Island. And it really just boils down to, uh, like, getting, I know you said you enjoyed like, Nation in it and the, the, there, there are valid reasons to put this higher, 
But for me, it just comes down to no other movie on this list made something else worse. Mm. This this took something that I liked and made it worse by association. So um, after that, I had the History Boys. Um, so those are those are my F tier. Uh, moving into the D's, uh, Minority Report, Midnight in Paris, Vampire's Kiss, and Death to Smoochie. My lone C rank was Kung Pao. Let's go. <laughs> uh, then in the B's, I had Blair Witch, Gooby Doo and the Witch's Ghost, and The Mist. Uh, my largest section was the A's, so I had Scooby-Doo Zombie Island, Willy Wonka, uh, the original Blade Runner, Total Recall, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Jurassic Park, uh, Adaptation, Chinatown, Seven Psychopaths, Blade Runner 2049, and then Raising Arizona was kind of like this gatekeeper movie. It's like... I, I didn't feel it belonged with the rest of my S list, but uh, like you, you had to beat Raising Arizona to get into the S list. It's it, it's like the A plus on that. You, you got to be doing something to get into the S list for me. Um. Uh, so getting into the S ranks, uh, first up was Eraserhead. Um, Again, I don't know that I like it per se, um, but I again I just have to give it full marks for like artistic integrity, doing a lot with a little. Um, but it, it, it's just not commercial. It's not meant for anybody apart from probably just David Lynch, and so like as far as I can enjoy it, it's it is something that you should watch. But I. I don't know that you're going to. Then we had The Witch, The Vivitch. Um, then, then comes Leaving Las Vegas, which again is like, I don't know that I like it, but uh, that, that movie is just like a sucker punch for like my family history and like things that I've struggled with. Like, and yeah, the, the, those performances. Like, like it, it, it takes the subject matter and then those performances within the subject matter. Uh, Sam, you talked about Vampire's Kiss and like swinging for the fences. And like, to me, the difference is, uh, you know, you can swing for the fences every time, right? Like, you can, every time you go to, go, to, go to the plate, you can, you know, just be swinging a haymaker. But uh, for me, Vampire's Kiss is striking out. Like apart from a few memeable scenes, whereas leaving Las Vegas is swinging for the fences and hitting them. And uh, I'm assuming I did that right because I don't know baseball at all. But uh, after that is Blue Velvet, just a super strong movie. Like takes a lot of like the David Lynchian weirdness, but like makes it uh, more consumable and like for a wider audience like definitely like if i showed this movie to my mom i think she would generally enjoy it and then there would be a couple parts where she's left scratching her head and then if you want to like dive deep on it then you can um but you'll enjoy it either way um after that i had in bruges as my number three and then uh the wicker man was my number two choice. I'm mean, just very, very pleasantly surprised with what came out of this. Uh, and I was expecting sort of like 70s schlock with um, you know, maybe a strong performance from uh, Christopher... Christopher Lee? Yeah, Christopher Lee. Um, but like, apart from that, nothing particularly special. Um, and I was, I, I'm so happy to have been proven wrong. And then, uh, Gideon and Sam, you guys both talked. So, my number one is Asu. 
you, you guys talked about sort of being disappointed from your expectations versus what was delivered. And going into it, like just having read the uh, like uh, Amazon synopsis, I was expecting like again like seventies, like maybe sort of like the first stock, bloody like just gore fest. You know, I you know I, I I've seen I've seen enough uh, battle royale spins and ripoffs to like oh yeah, it's just gonna be cool girls just getting torn apart and just blood splattering the screen and, and the, that it was something totally different i can't think of any movie that's like it it like i i i couldn't take my eyes off the screen i was just so interested just to see what would happen next both as far as just like the practical effects and like where, where is this going i have no idea everything was just just brand new brand for I had no idea anything like this existed. And I'm so glad that it did. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Neil, um, Neil no comments. I mean, I think uh, this has reaffirmed a lot of my respect for you. And you'll find that our lists are quite similar, barring things we didn't both watch. Uh, the house is the only one I don't get. I, I you know, I, I mean, I think it's very innovative, but I just, didn't land for me. And I think but, that's similar for the rest of the guys, right? Like we appreciate that house was doing something totally different, very creative, yeah. pretty well executed, but it, I, but I, know, I think I that's the nature that. of, I think that's the nature of like quote unquote art movies, right? Is that because of their very nature, sometimes they hit somebody a certain way and it becomes like a very special kind of relationship between you and the movie and some and for some people they just it just doesn't hit them in the same way so they don't really understand and that's not i don't mean not understand in the studio like oh you just don't understand kind of new yorker kind of way i just mean like um yeah i just i just think that's the way it is sometimes like you know you guys you guys don't like midnight paris and i don't like i like house but i don't like it as much as uh, obviously enough to put on the top of my list yeah like i mean to me like i i feel that it is kind of like my poser movie on some level because I, I can't I, I i can't tell you exactly what's going on all, all i know is that it's just like fundamental i i just love it fundamentally and i mm -hmm. can't I, I i don't know that i could like write an essay about i couldn't is there a moment I, that comes to your mind now if i say like neil what's the best moment from house what sold it to you can you like what what's top of mind for you uh the cat jumping backwards in time with uh, the piano music. <laughs> yeah, uh, that part was fun. That was the part that I was thinking about too. Um, um, something and, I, and, I oh, no, please. I'm sorry. What, more seriously, one other scene that I just think is like so well executed is when the uh, aunt uh, is like talking to two of the girls, and then she like backs up and like escapes into the refrigerator and then appears in the rafters looking at the camera breaking the fourth wall while the one girl who nobody believes is seeing all these weird things is like freaking out that i, I can't think of like a camera angle like that in any other movie. Mm -hmm. like, you mean, like that, the cameras up in the rafters and that that's probably the most innovative scene that comes to mind for me too and it's like they shot it in one single shot so they weren't just showing that she jumped around you know but or yeah, I, 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 I feel like she sprinted out from like behind the refrigerator, circled around the camera, and came out the other. Like she, that 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 woman booked it. Yeah. Um. The other thing that stands out to me about your list is that I remember er, in the very uh, in the inaugural episode we talked about our five favorite movies, and one of your favorites, one of your top five favorites, was Jurassic Park. And now there's like. 10 movies above that. Did we introduce 10 movies this year that are that you like more than Jurassic Park? Uh, I mean, let's let, let's see here. So, um I'd never seen House, I'd never seen Wicker Man, I had never seen Blue Velvet, I hadn't seen Leaving Las Vegas, I hadn't seen Eraserhead, so that's 5. Yeah. I hadn't seen Raising Arizona 6, I hadn't seen 2049 is 7. Chinatown is 8 and Adaptation is 9. Yeah. Damn. Nice. All right. Well, that's that's good. I'm 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 glad that I'm glad that you are you're getting some new favorites out of this. That's that's totally awesome. 
I yeah, like, like it, 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 a lot of these to me, like they don't diminish Jurassic Park. I agree. It, right. Like it, it, again, it's it, it's it's perfect. Like I, I I can't think of anything that I would change in Jurassic Park. Um. But like it's just not as like here's my pose my it's not as artistic as anything above. You know, like, 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 there is artistry. Oh, go, go ahead, Alex. I'm sorry. I was just to say the other thing about Jurassic Park is that we've like been beat over the head with it by merchandising for 25 years, and it seems mundane now. And bad sequels. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I, if if we grew up with Jurassic Park, I'm sure it would have blown our minds. Yeah, I mean that's probably my favorite example on this list of like, I mean talk about Return to Zombie Island making something worse that already existed. Like yeah, I, I still think Jurassic Park is T-Rex. a T Rex must have an utter. They just keep... <laughs> yeah. yeah, the Jurassic Park is like one of the most poured out franchises of all time, which just like Man, at, le- at least Star four. Only yeah. Star Wars is worse now. Yeah, I would say so, but like the Jurassic Jurassic Park has like at least four totally irredeemable dog shit sequels. I mean, so I'm I, I I I'll actually go to bat for like quote unquote the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. they're 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 nowhere near as good, but I I enjoyed those three and Jurassic World was okay, but yeah, like, after that it was just like oh. The latest two are just like I, the Jurassic World two, whatever that was called, broke me to the point where I had no interest in seeing whatever the latest one was. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, speak now or forever. Hold your peace on Neil's list, guys. I really like Neil's list. Uh, I love that House made the top spot. Um, I I definitely like house quite a bit and i'm probably um gonna get more and more into that s ranking as i watch it over the years um yeah great list man really liked it okay last but not least alex princeton all right um there's my list i'm gonna start at the top so start reading from the top and i'll characterize i think gideon mentioned this too like i love loved over two-thirds of the movies we watched you know and, and it's really only those bottom rankings that are reserved for movies I didn't care for as much. So I'll start with Chinatown. Uh, thanks, Sam, you know, for bringing this movie into my life. Love Chinatown. Love the black and white. Um, acting, script writing, execution just knocks it away. Wicker Man I liked. Blade Runner number three. Leaving Las Vegas. Um, you know, another Sam introduction. One of the saddest, most devastating things I've ever seen, and I, and I also thought it was like artistically beautiful, um, and and you know, uh, personal connections as Neil mentioned. Um, Raising Arizona, uh, really unique, uh, fresh twist on a rom com uh, from however many years ago, and uh, really well executed. I'd say between this and Leaving Las Vegas, I was convinced that Nick Cage can actually act well in certain circumstances. Uh, thereafter, I like The Witch in Bruges is an old favorite. I thought Total Recall was uh, a really well-executed action movie for its era and Blade Runner 2049. Uh, pausing on the Blade Runners, uh, you know, 2049 may be more enjoyable cinematically with lots of conventions of modern acting, but I think is an artifact of its time. Blade Runner, the original, has a lot of charm. So now we're moving from like bangers into great movies. Um, Blue Velvet is the most, most approachable David Lynch thing I've ever seen, maybe aside from the first two episodes of Twin Peaks. Um, yeah. Pretty, uh, I, I don't, this doesn't strike me as especially violent compared to other films I've seen. Um, yeah, just that like, a normal movie that just becomes David Lynch weird about a quarter or half the way through and enjoyed it a lot. Starship Troopers, love it. Adaptation, um, really sprawling uh, and hard to nail down and maybe not very tight, but I think it's innovative 
innovative enough that I give it a break and I enjoyed it. And then Eraserhead is something that I can't deny is brilliant, uh, but I really would not choose to watch it again. So it falls at the bottom of this section. I thought The Mist, we were entering the category that I call fun. Like the average movie is fun or, or, or the, like when I go to the theater, I'm happy if I had a little bit of fun. That doesn't mean it's great. And most films aren't great. So these are all like passable, would watch it again for fun movies. And I think The Mist is the most fun of those, uh, that group. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Just episodic, kind of like television. A lot of fun little mini performances and arcs. Uh, a lot of fun set piece scenes like the tentacle in the garage or the spiders in the pharmacy. Crouching Tiger, Tiger Hidden Dragon. House, house I put here at number 16. I appreciate how innovative it is, but a lot of its ideas didn't catch on. And I think for a reason, um, it, it's, it's a little hard to follow. Um, the story is not super compelling to me, uh, but obviously I think back to scenes like when the house is flooding um, and the cinematography is really ahead of its time and a lot of fun. Seven Psychopaths, just not tight, but still a great Martin McDonough uh, banger. Uh, Scooby-Doo movies, so like this is as high as a children's movie or a movie for children would ever get to me. And it's shocking to me that we rated some of those higher than, than this. But this is like where I put a good children's movie and it's hard for me to separate these two. But I think Zombie Island is a little better than Witch's Ghost. And then I say Death's a Smoochie. I don't get the hate for this movie. I don't think it's great. But I think there's enough like fun and interesting scenes, uh, you know, uh, Rainbow Randy is such a goofy character. There's a lot of really clever zingers in the first 30 minutes of the film. So it ends here at number 20. Now we're getting into the films that I really did not enjoy. And at the top of that list, I will put Midnight in Paris, a movie with some of, some of the worst acting and screenwriting I've ever seen, but some like kind of compelling historic performances. Um, and, and just like Owen Wilson is at his absolute worst. Uh, Minority Report was a mid-action movie. There's some fun action scenes, but as Sam mentioned, it's like really sugary at the end and like no consequences for anything. It kind of sucked. This is where I put History Boys. I like it more than the rest of you. I maybe have a little nostalgia and I think there's like some valuable acting and ideas there, but uh, I, the, the pedophilia really did knock it down for me and in a way that I didn't appreciate when I first saw it. Uh, so there it is. And then we get into bad movies. Vampire's Kiss, nothing redeemable about this film. Kung Pao, if you think this is funny, I have a, I have a scrapbook of family circus cutouts that you can review. Um, it's, it's some of the dumbest shit I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and then uh, Return to Zombie Island. Um, this is like literal mass-produced trash. And the fact that anyone ranked it higher than their worst item... I thought it was terrible in the way that like late SpongeBob is bad. All right. Thanks for indulging me in my list. Mm -hmm. I rest my case. Thank you, Alex. That was great. Hmm. Trying to see if I have yeah. any major issues here. I mean, the, the one thing I'll say uh, right off the bat is like, I think I agree with you, Alex, that I think Death to Smoochie might I don't know when I will ever want to make the time to rewatch it, but something tells me it might actually be better on a rewatch. I, I'm afraid to say that, and, but I think it might be true. Awesome. <laughs> it's interesting that so Chinatown was two people's favorite oh, movie. I movie love Chinatown. Yep. Yeah. I I would like to in. Uh, it, it, you guys both said, oh, hey, thanks, Sam, for, for picking this one. I would like to take credit, but I had not seen this movie either, and I had just heard that everybody says, like, oh, greatest screenplay ever written, or blah, 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 blah. So oh, I figured, okay. like, you know, we might as well, we should, like, do it. But I cannot take credit for, like, thinking, you know, like, it would be like bringing The Godfather and being like, oh, yeah, I picked a really good movie. It's like, <laughs> fucking, yeah, you did, you know? <laughs> Um, let's see. I don't know. You picked out a few other bangers. Uh, or Blade picking Runner, something like Seven Runner. Samurai. What? Sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
You, you're, um, you're just mad because I suggested it first. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, Neil, you know I don't have the attention span for suggesting anything that's three and a half hours long. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I like this list. Um, I mean, I I think it's cool seeing some similarities, like us both having Chinatown take the top oh, yeah. spot. Um, and it's kind of shocking uh, to me how high raising Arizona is for a lot of us, uh, which yeah. is awesome. Um, what do you mean shocking? I don't know. Um, it, it almost seems like kind of like what Alex was saying. It would fall more into just kind of a fun movie, not like such a great, great film right. that we checked out it's out a, of everything. It's a fun movie in the sense that the plot is very light, Gideon, but I think it's the details that like elevate it. Like the okay. thing... You know, the mist is messy. Like, mm -hmm. interesting idea, poorly executed. I think that's where Raising Arizona. It's just perfect. Okay. Yeah, it's been like condensed into a diamond by yeah, like the earth. It's I would just, agree. Like, a perfect little jewel of a movie. It's just and even things that you would almost think wouldn't work, like the weird, like a post-apocalyptic bounty hunter. It's like it works oh. fantastically well. It's shockingly well. And the soundtrack. Say. How did they mm -hmm. sneak a little Mad Max in there? I didn't even think about that. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Um, let's see. I totally understand ranking Kung Pao as a, a bad yeah. movie. I am very excited. It did not make your very bottom of the list. Uh, it is a bad movie. It is, yeah. <laughs> it yeah, is it very is. bad. It is. It, it's like probably like a 4 out of 10, to be honest. But I totally get that. It's it's I mean yeah it's fucking awful I mean the the budget was like what twelve dollars to make Kung Pao or something like that but, I don't even know you know like I just I I still I like once three times a week I say to Grace that's a lot of nuts and, yeah, <laughs> dude that I love it that shit so well um any thoughts about our uh, wrap up what should we do in the new year any 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 wrap up thoughts on year one anything we want to get away from. Um, back, to back to Gideon. Uh, it, it's a pleasure to have you in our extended college friend group, and it's been uh, fun meeting you. And Sam, I've also really enjoyed Wednesday nights. Uh, uh -huh. I usually like come into a Wednesday night feeling stressed out from work, and then walk away saying like, "It was nice to hang out with the boys." Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, yeah. I know it's 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 people. Everybody's busy, and it's it's hard to make time and and yada yada. But um, even. I mean, th this is a poorly veiled excuse to get together with college friends and keep in touch. And um, Gideon is here to bring some of that that gnarly muscatine energy that, that, that <laughs> I, th I think sets this podcast apart. Um, yeah. And, you know, Neil and I have bonded over movies ever since, uh, you know, we became roommates and everything. And um, so, yeah, it's just a good excuse for everybody to keep in touch and bring in kind of like third parties like Amari or, or whoever uh, Paul's brother from t Paul or Paul's brother from time to time. I'm sure I'll get my dad on the, I, I, this year I'm dedicated to getting more guest stars um, and having more guest episodes with, with fun um, shit like that. And um, going more outside my own comfort zone with picks and, and things like that and getting wild, um, you know, really kind of pushing the boundaries with, with what kind of movies um, and we'll obviously do that next week when we talk about Seven Samurai. I mean, that's something that I would probably never watch on my own. Um, but certainly part of the reason I wanted to do the podcast was because it would force me to sit down and watch movies that were more out of my comfort zone because there was like a timeline involved and I had to get it done by a certain date. So, you know, I, you know, like it's it's I suppose it's not important to consume media. You know, I don't want to be like Mr. I have to consume. But um it, but in terms of like wanting to have seen the good movies, you know, seen the truly excellent shit that's out there, it's a good excuse to like get that into your diet, as it were. So yeah, it's it's been a great experience for me too. And um, aside from having to lock Grace in the bedroom every every week for a couple hours or whatever, so um, we'll have yeah. her on sometime to talk about like fucking Hotel Transylvania three or whatever her favorite movie is. So. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I'm sure I'll try and have Alyssa on at some point. I think that'd be fun. Yeah. Like having yeah, that'd be great. partners or spouses or whoever friends. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I do hope um, we can get to even more movies in the new year. I um, I'm hoping we can all you know get our own fair share of picks for what we all 
uh, end up watching. Um, I know I'll probably try and recommend some of my all-time favorites and also stuff I've never seen. So mm-hmm. we can um, maybe have some more kind of like blind watches and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I really think we hit our stride with this. And yeah, it's been it's just been a really fun time. Yeah. Cool. Awesome, guys. Well, if anybody has any uh, remaining thoughts, go ahead and speak up or else I'm going to I'm going to cut us off and we'll get this one in the can as it were. OK, I think that is uh that's going to do it, guys. Thanks for coming. Thanks for uh, watching all the movies this year. Thanks for giving your lists as uh, horrible as some of them might be. And um, we'll see everybody next week where we'll talk about uh, the Akira Kurosawa's legendary Seven Samurai. All right. See you guys.